Save some for our pitch to uh, to uh, Pixar. Road? <laughs> oh, oh! You think I could? You think I could be a Pixar voice? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, you'll be doing you'll be doing the scratch track for the pitch. Obviously, no, but no, we're the creators. We're gonna be we're going to be like pitching them a story about a a group of podcast microphones oh, okay. that okay. at nighttime come to life, and oh, it will be sponsored by Road, obviously. Oh, I like it. I like it. But I, you sure I can't be a voice? Like, I mean, I, I, I'm good with me, but I think, <laughs> I think I'll do so good. I tell you what, you you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fly, uh, Pod Mike. You gotta fly. See, perfect. <laughs> you gotta. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I guess sure. I mean, it's about flying. It's about a flying podcast, no, Mike. But what I know what I mean by flying <laughs> is you just got to drive. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Not actual flying. That's silly. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, do you think that the, would the protagonist be like a small pluckier Mike that's maybe named Tinny? Oh, <laughs> just yeah, has, yeah. No, has no residence. And so it's no. like, I gotta grow up and get my residence. You, you here, Tinny. <laughs> First, you gotta find the right interface. And what's your name? <laughs> my name is Big Beefy Michael. My name is uh, Big Beefy <laughs> Microphones. <laughs> yeah. The name. Wait, hold- Excuse me, well, can we, what, time out, time, Yo, okay. I'm making a little time out symbol with my wires, it's very cute, anyway, your uh-huh. name is Big Big Beefy Microphoneson? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Big Big uh, Beefy uh, Microphoneson. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's just kick back, Oscars, <laughs> come up, pour it in. <laughs> the name of the movie, Road Less Traveled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Hello and welcome to Pop Saga. This week, we stop looking in the rearview mirror of pop culture nostalgia. And instead, we can look through the windshield of currentness. Yeah, yeah, currentness, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. We will be talking about the latest episode of Boffin, Ep5. For the uninitiated, that is Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5, Return of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. Who are we? 
I am J0H17, Human Cyborg Guidance Counselor. And as always, I'm joined by famed bounty hunter, Fofa Fett, Boba's <laughs> second cousin on his mother's side. Find out if we end up bringing in this episode warm or we bring it in cold. Needless to say, spoilers abound. No, <clears throat> no, it's going to be spoiler free. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh, excellent. Yeah. I take that back then. Anyway, thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> Hold on, I'll get I'll get us out of here real quick. <laughs> and we're gone, just like that. We're so um, sneaky. Yeah, after the last few episode marathons we've done, I bet you people will be like, "Oh, that's pretty good. Three epi- three minutes. Sounds good." This is just what I would hope they would get down to. Three minutes. That's my ideal length for a podcast. <laughs> You know, I just had after that last episode of uh, of Book of Boba Fett. You know, we've taken a little bit of time each episode to talk about it. You know, since it's been on the air, we've been recapping, we've been sharing our thoughts. And uh, after tuning in for episode five, I was just like, okay, we just need to spend a whole episode talking about this. I think because I'm just flabbergasted about this show in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. I just went, okay. And that was it. That was my commitment on this one. I said, we can talk about it. Yeah. Why not why talk not? about it? Exactly. Yeah. Why not? We're, yeah, we're, like, we're respected voices in the uh, pop culture reporting ecosystem, surely. You believe that if you're listening? <laughs> Don't check hey, on it. You know how many times I get people like saying, hey, John, I need to confirm some things. I'm like, let's go. And they're like, okay, so I'm trying to get a home loan. And I go, that's not what I do. But if you want to know about Star Wars, come to me. Yep. And I said, got it. So if I wanted to buy a home in Star Wars, don't work that way, son. But anyway, <laughs> they, people do come to me. That's what I'm trying to get to. I people gotcha. do come to me. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I you got I get, that. I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I get, I, I get hit up with ideas like once every six, seven months. So it's, it's a pretty big whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing you just have to to prepare the whole year for. Yeah. Um, but before we get really going, before we get l- this ball a rolling, I believe we need some liquid lubricant. <laughs> yes. Oh right. shit! It went everywhere. Oh All right, well, since you shared it with your shirt, you might as well share it with the class. Mm, indeed. Tonight, the beverage we are enjoying is New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger American Haze IPA. It's a chunky boy with a cloudy look and a bitter taste that's, that begs you to smack it in the mouth and call it daddy. <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a bold ad campaign. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off for them. I don't know. I was just I was like, how far can I go with this before I run out of things to say, or I laugh because I'm embarrassed about the things I have already said? And the answer was right then. Yeah, well, you still got farther than I would have thought. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. what I like doing. Beating or exceeding everyone's expectations. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> oh well, sorry just this just in uh neil young has pulled his songs off of our podcast 
<laughs> we're talking we're talking too much bullshit and he took his songs off our podcast oh boy yeah. come back well, Neil. it's cool you're not tom petty <laughs> oh, come on. I'm kidding. It's Neil Young. Come on, Neil Young. Come on. I, I can't say that. Like, I mean, I could say it, but I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I'm maybe a little bit. Anyway, I am drinking Modelo expired Modelo because John expired. really needs. To, well, I just looked. I just so you didn't hear behind the scenes because I was trying to be real stealthy. Uh-huh. For some strange reason, in my office, I cannot find my bottle opener. Oh, but I have one on my wall mounted on my gloves for wasteland weekend so i had to go over get my gauntlet to open my beer i then drank the beer and i was like hmm it doesn't have that kind of you know refreshing beer-like taste then i turned around and i see that the best before date was july 2021 Uh so (laughs) it's got bubbles in it (laughs) uh yes it's the sour vinegary tang of a beer past its prime. Yeah, I really need to just buy some new stuff to put it in the in the booze drawer um, because expired Modelo is going to make me sick in <laughs> twenty to thirty minutes. Expired Modelo sponsoring <laughs> WWE's WrestleMania. Come down to WrestleMania and get sprayed in the face by expired Modelo. Congratulations, Modelo. you now have hepatitis. <laughs> Better get that checked, but it's with you for life, life, life. <laughs> Think of it as a souvenir you can take away from WrestleMania. <laughs> Hopefully it's not in a inconvenient spot, but if it is, you'll just have to talk to somebody about it first, first, first. <laughs> oh, look at that choke slam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Cool. No, bad, yeah. bad choice. Like I'm making a note. Hold on. Buy booze for fridge. Expired booze tastes no good. <laughs> I don't Done. know. I'm, great. And then to the next week, it'll be like, I am drinking even more expired Modelo. I found one <laughs> under a under a abandoned van. <laughs> Hot Modelo underneath abandoned van. It'll clear the hepatitis you got from WrestleMania. Well, here's the—I mean, here's the thing, though. Mm. Uh, I think an expired Modelo, and this is going to be—this might be a too spicy of an opinion for this it's episode. Still better right? than a fresh Corona. <laughs> yep. It still has flavor. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry, you Corona heads out there. I'm sure there's some of you, but uh, there's not all the lime in the world you can put in that to convince me it's beer. It's water that you soaked rice in. <laughs> know it. Kind of, yeah. It's just like we get that yellow tinge from soaking our water in rice. Yeah, yeah. It's in a cast off from the uh, the uh, the horchata making process. I'm certain of it. Yeah, no wonder I'm not a big fan. Not a big fan. Do you like horchata? Are you nah, too chunky. Yeah, I really like horchata. Yeah, no, not my thing. I didn't look at think it. I I'm like, that's not a color or flavor I want to drink. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It was one. It was one of those things where I'm like, uh, <laughs> "New, thank you for a long time." And then I had it. And I was like, "This is great. What have I been doing with my entire life?" And then yeah. I became a monk. Oh well, good for you. There you go. That's my story. And I'm that's your origin it. story. Yeah, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, better than mine. I just became 
forgetful 40-year-old who <laughs> drinks expired booze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, like, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm too old, and I'm, and I'm tired, you know. Ready to talk about Bobfa. Yes, Bobfa, Bobfa, Bobfa. Uh, you just let me know when we're ready to go because I got something for that. Ooh, okay, well, let's uh, go. Let's let's tuck right in. All right, well. Hum da dum 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 What do I do? Is the show good or is it just dumb? <laughs> Perfect. That's go. fantastic. That really encapsulates. That really encapsulates uh, kind of my feelings around these these first you know four episodes of Boba Fett and then the Mandalorian coming in. It's just like some, some weird kind of bad stuff, and then the Mandalorian comes in and saves it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. How do you want to approach this one? Which which attack vector? Are we trying to <laughs> shoot for the exhaust vent on the Death Star? Are we trying to kill Star Killer Base? Or yeah. like like are we trying to go wizards in a droid control ship? Yeah. <laughs> How are you attacking this one? <laughs> well let's um let's go let's go back a little bit. So let's okay. be, maybe let's be like uh uh Jin or so in <laughs> <laughs> in uh that movie rogue one there you go yeah <laughs> forgot rogue its one. name for a second there but there it is rogue one but let's go back in the past a little bit let's talk about well i would be interested john you're sort of notorious for not uh you know really keeping yourself uh untouched unspoiled one might say before something comes out so you probably mm-hmm. i'm wondering did you have any expectations for this show before it came out did you have any thought in your head of what it might be like Nope. Zero. Zero <laughs> okay. expectations. I, I no, I literally didn't I didn't watch any of the any sort of teaser trailers beforehand. I just knew what I knew from the end of uh you know, end of season two of Mandalorian and just went like, Oh, okay, cool. It'll come out when it'll come out. I knew Robert Rodriguez was involved a little bit more and like I saw one oft headline due to Google news algorithm that was like, you know, uh, Robert Rodriguez says this show will be like nothing you've ever seen before. Yeah, and right about that. <laughs> well, you know, like, but I'm just thinking, oh, that's just a bunch of hyperbole, right? It's not, everyone says that. And then you watch it and you go, eh, no, I've seen this yeah. just, <laughs> you know, I watched a lot of Hill Street Blues, so there's nothing I haven't seen on TV, um, including Dennis Franz's butt. So, yeah, that's a hot topic on the show. It is constantly. It's maybe scarred me more than the Scarlet <laughs> Pit scarred Boba. Um, yeah, but I had zero expectations for this. Like at th- that point, I figured John Favre and you know Dave Filoni has earned my trust with the Mandalorian. So I felt really good about that. And, um, I just decided to go on the ride with them instead of like trying to poke holes through it or whatever. And, you know, and that, that's where I came in. Yeah. I had a different 
uh, approach. Obviously, you oh, know, I know. Coming off the uh, <laughs> coming off the uh, the end of the Mandalorian, I was so stoked for them expanding. Like you know, this creative team being able to do other stuff that was exciting, and and the fact that we got Bib Fortuna a uh, little cameo i was like oh cool you know maybe we'll i you know I, I was long been i've long been lamenting the fact that george lucas never got to make his star wars underground show that they were threatening to make forever his tv project that he promised would never come out <laughs> or wouldn't or had to like wait until the effects budgets caught up to his vision and uh, I was always kind of sad that that never, you know, got to be a thing because it was interesting sounding, right? You know, all the all the criminal empires. Hold on, excuse me. Oh, it didn't happen. Okay, I was gonna sneeze, but then it didn't happen. Now it's gonna happen like halfway through my next sentence. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I was always really looking forward to that and sad that it never came about. And so this kind of felt like a kind of like an echo of that. There. This is sort of more about the seedy underbelly, the criminal organizations, which are always a big part of the star original Star Wars movies, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seemed really intriguing to me. And I, uh, while I've not seen every episode, uh, I watched a lot of Deadwood back in the day, and I really liked uh, that. And and I was like, you know, that takes place in a single location. Mm-hmm. That has an old Westy type feeling, and it's all about sort of the you know the up. Uh, a power struggle and how that affects like a small town, you know, the uh, that's in this case is in the in Deadwood's case is I think having to do with a silver mine. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's a boom town. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything. Everyone, everyone wants to go to Deadwood. Yeah. So that I was hoping, but I was basically that those were my expectations going in. I was uh, super positive about the people, the creative team who made, uh, the Mandalorian, and I was intrigued by the possibility of a Deadwood in Star Wars universe. Sure. You foolish, foolish man. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I mean... You, you, like, see, that that's the difference, right? Like, I'm Lucy. You're Charlie Brown always trying to kick that football. Always thinking that you're going to get a chance to finally be able to kick it. And then it gets taken away from you. You can't expect goodness from everything all the time. <laughs> and that was no difference with this show. Just because John Favreau and, you know, uh, Dave Filoni were involved did not mean that they had like a proper direction for this or plan for it or whatever. Other than like, yeah, we brought them back. We should do something with them. So like, I was just going, I'll take a Star Wars TV show versus no Star Wars TV show. But like my expectations for this show is always set on the, on the individual shows basis. So like Mandalorian earned my trust. Third season's always tough to get a solid third season. And that's just the truth. So even Mandalorian season three might be like, they jumped the, you know, the crate dragon. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't yep. know. They jumped the Dianoga. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, I th- it was, I don't know. It, it, it's, it, it turned out, I think, the way it turned out is interesting based on all these factors. You know, you'd, you'd think that all these great tastes would taste uh, great together again. But, 
what I think it really proved was that the Mandalorian replaced Boba Fett in every conceivable way, and then we don't really need a Boba Fett show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you're just like, wait a minute, what am... Because I'm while I'm watching the show, I'm thinking, what am I missing here? While well, I'm missing original stories, I'm, I'm missing cool new original characters and uh, new locations and just ex- the exciting sort of thrilling newness that always paid respects to the to the original trilogies and the thing that came before, but was blazing new ground, and that's the Mandalorian. So I guess they. Like I think you said a couple episodes ago, they can't just do that again, but with Boba Fett. They've already done that, so they have to do mm-hmm. something different. So they, what I think they were must have been thinking was like Deadwood in Star Wars. Because that's the closest analog I can think of of an existing show. Do you think, that, is there another better analogy for the show? This one's more like Dukes of Hazard <laughs> in space. Except Dukes of Hazard was, while a problematic car, uh, definitely maybe more exciting on an episode to episode basis. Well, I I think now, like, look, I mean, I love Deadwood, but season two of Deadwood sucked compared to season one. Just well, yeah. that's right. I said it. I said it. You can come at me too, but I, I'll stick with it. Um, it feels like. The payoff for this show is truly the 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 end half. Even before the you know bringing the Mandalorian back, I think it's setting up something grander, trying to give uh, Boba Fett a his rightful, respectful place within the Star Wars universe. Like you know, we've commented numerous times on how much he was for the longest time he was the biggest chump in cinema history. Because he didn't do anything, but he looked cool. So now this one's building a base of what cool things he could do, but doesn't choose to do because instead it's just, it's like happy days. There you go. It's happy days (laughs) in space. He's like the Fonz, but you know, then you start seeing through the Fonz and you kind of go, kind of a nerd. I, you know what? I think uh, I think uh, Fennec Shand is the Fonz. She's definitely somebody who hits the uh, the jukebox in Jabba's Hat Palace and it plays Jabba Flow or some other crap. I'm for it. I would have taken a full Fennec show before I take a Boba Fett show. <laughs> I, maybe that's the thing that will come out of this that will be positive. We'll hey. get a Fennec show. And it's maybe not just her hanging out in the palace being like, when are we going to do something? Yeah, when are we going to fight some people? Remember that slow-ass car chase we had? Well, you all had. I just <laughs> hang back here. And then you drove real slow through Tatooine, and then you flew up on them. You Remember just did that? a loop, and you ended up back here. Yeah, you didn't want to just fly up and just shoot the car immediately, or, you know, shoot it with the rocket, or any of the million different things you could do. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we said it before, the show's been relatively inconsistent because i don't know where it wants i think i have an idea where it wants to go but like it feels pretty rudderless earlier on but this episode actually helped cement some things for me yeah some guesses and stuff it helped cement some things for me from the mandalorian (laughs) 
Well, see, this is probably where this will diverge. I actually think this is a, this, and I truly don't mean a joke behind this. I think this was an excellent episode of the book of Boba Fett, even though he was not in it. Yeah. It was the best one yet. (laughs) Yeah. But it's because I think of, right. So it does two things. It sets up some stuff that we don't have to deal with in Mandalorian season three, right? It answers but, a few uh, questions there, sure. Yeah, answers some questions. It maybe gives us a possible direction. But also, it implies kind of like this deeper lore that they've been talking about through the Mandalorian series and even, you know, like with Boba Fett himself or how he's involved and how he's meant to lead and all this stuff. So, you know, I think this this episode was just... Well, you know, I mean, we can get into it a little bit more, but um, I think this episode really kind of cemented the little hints that they've been dropping through the different series and different episodes. Okay, I'm very interested to hear this this theory you have going. Yeah, yeah. you want me? You want me to get into it? Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I said, are we are we shooting Womp Rats in Beggars Canyon? <laughs> I don't know what this means. I know um, that's the best part. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, let's shoot Womp Rats in Baker's Canyon. Yeah, so needless to say, there haven't been too many consistent episodes. The the even number episodes are slightly better than the odd number episodes up until this point. Yeah, right, Uh, that that kind of reverses the trend. I mean, it it was, this is the wackiest thing I've maybe ever seen a TV show do uh that i can remember and what a backdoor pilots I mean, even though it technically isn't but backdoor pilot no for... but technically it's like the same approach where you're featuring a character someone it, it's like when they had mythos do his whole episode and then they did the whole highlander spinoff series with them yeah and then they did sure sure that's right? that's true I, I think to a certain extent it, it kind of reminded me of when, you know, the TGIF shows would have, like, a crossover show. They would have, like, the, the cast of one show yeah, well, you had, on the other one. Yeah, or where you had Perfect Strangers, yeah. had the mom from Family Matters, and then they did Family Matters. Right, exactly. So it's like these... But that's kind of like what you're that's what you were talking about like with the backdoor pilot. It, yeah, the feeling, not necessarily the order in which this happened because obviously Book of Boba Fett is a spin-off of The Mandalorian. Yeah. But <laughs> it kind of had that feeling to me, but it was just cuz what why it was so bizarre to me, and I don't think this was necessarily intentional, but we spent like four episodes of Book of Boba Fett kind of treading water. We did. We were kind of establishing some stuff, and we were telling his backstory. But in general, in terms of like forward momentum of the story, and we've talked about this before, but like getting hooked to the characters and hooking you from with different plot devices and stuff, it just was sort of plodding along and sort of directionless. And then they come in with this episode five that is not only the best looking from an effects standpoint, but it, the dialogue seems better. The direction is fantastic. Bryce Dallas Howard coming back with another just incredible directorial outing. And uh, and what we get is almost like a show, an episode of a show that it's saying, like, it's almost a commentary when you watch it on what has happened before. Like, more stuff happens in this episode, more plot. 
is uh, advanced forward and it has almost zero to do with Boba Fett until the very end. And it's just so bizarre to be like, oh yeah, no, this is what I want. Can I have that back now? Is <laughs> Do we have to go back to watching this show next episode? Yeah, and I don't necessarily... I'm not going to disagree with you there, but I think the subtleties outlined in this episode not only advances the Mandalorian's plot, but advance, like, Book of Boba Fett as well, Bob Fett as well. So that that's the difference. I don't feel like this was just a, you know, Mandalorian episode. Again, even though he's the primary focus through 99% of it, I think all the lore and the backstory that they dropped did it. I mean, because this ep- this episode was just exposition heavy, and f- both for him and for like the Mandalorians as a people, as well. So that that that's what I gathered from this episode. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Bdh, she did a fantastic job. Like, <laughs> it was a great I love the long single take and how they did that um, it was great anything with uh, ring world in it is it okay in my book yep we got confirmation that uh, Halo exists in the Star Wars universe <laughs> uh, ring world let's get this straight before I hear all these people talking about Halo in Star Wars ring world came first uh, yes. Yes, you're, you, are, you are correct. Ringworld was first, but yeah, yeah. if you're talking yeah. about what is what most people think of when they think of a ring-shaped world in popular culture, that's got to be Halo. Ain't my fault that people don't read books. Yeah, no, it's not. It's sad yeah. that they don't, but they don't. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, we got Ringworld. We got yep, we got one of the halos that they found. No, no, Ring World. Spartan just Noble. Ring. Spartan Nope. nope <laughs> Spartan nope. Noble found, Ring World. Just just Ring World. Found this this it's dog a, it's factory. A ring this and dog it's a world. run factory. This giant yeah. abattoir. Well how yeah, how did you feel about that? I know some people don't like seeing the parallels being so close to what they are to us. But I'm like, I don't really know how you chop up meat otherwise. Yeah, I mean, this, I think, follows... There's a lot of... On Book of Boba Fett, maybe specifically, there's a lot of sort of our world seeping in, and so it's just kind of part of the show's aesthetic, I feel like. Would that have seen... The same scene happened on The Mandalorian? I don't know. I don't know. You would think maybe because the creative teams are the same that it would, but you know, kind of breaking Star Wars visual language is what Boba Fett has been doing in little ways the whole time. Like we have fasteners now. Uh, that yeah, was zippers. A, yeah. Zippers and buttons were just, that was like the thing in Star Wars for the longest time is there was no visible zippers or buttons and now they're just everywhere. <laughs> You've got them all over the place. So, you know, whatever. I mean, I think that the dog people look like, uh, look like the kangaroo uh, people from Tank Girl. I don't know if any of my Tank Girl fans out there, you remember the the kangaroo hybrids that were in that? No? Nobody? Well, I mean, I, yeah, well, I'm waiting for the crowd to respond, but I do. I saw <laughs> that shit in the theater. Yeah, me too. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, uh, but it, it looks like the same makeup. They, they, they found the, the mask in the prop closet and they brought it out. You know, it's fine. I'm not 
uh, there could be dog people in this world. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the the abattoir stuff was very earth based, but I didn't. I was just looking at the Mando. I wasn't really paying attention to the the surroundings. Yeah, no, I mean, ditto. Like I, I wasn't like again. I wasn't too concerned about. I was like, whatever. It, it is to me. A lot of this has been well. It is what it is. If they want to expand it, knock yourself out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be sitting there being like, well, I think those should be force flaps that keep the meat from spraying into other places. And yeah, if you can have dog people with studs in their faces, go for it. it, it very much to your point, I was just like, okay, Mandalorian's here, right? Mandalorian's here, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's you here, know. right? He's here, right? Like, oh, I see his silhouette, right? Yeah, that's him, right? That's him, right? Oh, good, it's him. I mean, I know it's him because of the silhouette, but, you know, like, they try to trick you for a split second make you think it's Boba Fett. And I'm like, come on, dog. We all we all know the cool saunter of the Mandalorian, and we're all waiting for the... Yeah, you know, you, you know I was. Yeah, I mean, I was too. I, I look, I got so much Mandalorian shit in my room already. I've I've not fast followed any sort of fandom in my life quicker than the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, uh, a Boba Fett I could, that is hasn't done anything super dumb yet. I'm in. <laughs> this is Boba Fett the way I wish he was, <laughs> because at that point, I did, the point of reference I had was his ass f- flying into a cell barge and into a a planet hole with teeth and that was it and then this guy like shoots people and he does all the mandalorian shit like constantly and he's got badass and he doesn't take off his helmet you know this this isn't like fucking a batman movie where they have to rip off his cowl every five you know minutes so you can see the actor because they're like well we paid for the actor you see no (laughs) he's just wearing the fucking helmet he's so dope i was like this is great and then when they brought Boa Fett in there, you were like, holy shit, they're making a badass. He's alive. Maybe he'll do something <laughs> cool. And then he does. Mandalorian sees two, he does lots of cool shit. And then this one, it's like, hmm, this is C-SPAN Boba Fett. Let me wait and see. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get this, and you're like, oh, okay, he's he fucking Mandalorian's back. He's going to give us that comfortable just killing people. Let's just go, Boba or uh, Mando. Let's see what you got. And we get to see the uh, the dark saber is back in action, slicing people up, looking incredible. Uh, I like how they showed it that he wasn't quite. He didn't really have the mastery of it because he got pretty screwed up by a little friendly fire there. But uh, I mean, yeah, glad it was the flat of it and not like the blade part of it. Yeah, he'd be. We'd be looking at a very hopping Mando. I think if that was the case, he'd be. He'd be like. Uh, I bet you didn't recognize me because of my red leg. You'd just be hearing. Now I have to become the thing I hate the most, part droid. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was cool, and I liked the him going up in the elevator. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love shots that are just unbroken. And we haven't ever gotten that in a Star Wars anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I would love. I'm hoping, much like they've done with like the Mandalorian season one and two, that they do like a behind the scenes of this, so that how they shot it. Because I'd love to just see how they 
swapped out both sets real quick that long just him walking you're just like wow we're just watching him walk this is this is fascinating well most of those shots these days are cut together from several ones because they, they could have cut i now nah, i don't know man that seemed pretty unbroken to me yeah the, uh, all the best ones have cuts in them that's what i've heard i mean uh, maybe not all the best ones but i mean definitely maybe not the ones know, in uh I, children of men but well i know daredevil that hallway fight scene also had cuts into it but it was so well done it looked like a single take yeah this looked the most single tanky i've ever seen a take without like a star wipe or a, a, or a, a swoosh or whatever else like or just static shot and I, that i really did appreciate on the ring world mhm yeah that halo that he was on um <laughs> uh yeah and i loved the i loved like the club and that whole interaction was cool and we find out that he is uh he is just searching for information he doesn't care about the money he's looking for the remnants of his uh mandalorian buddies yeah the culvert where most of them didn't treat him too kindly yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well there's only two left now and they uh they're just hanging out on the bottom of the halo slash ring world uh ring world <laughs> that happens to be shaped halo-esque yeah yeah can we can we agree on that uh, sure mm-hmm. yeah it's the right. uh it's the halo right, ring perfect world. fuck uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're just hanging out at the bottom there. It sucks. They always have to be in the sewer, or you know, they can't like get a, a like a hidden high rise apartment or something somewhere nice. Duplex. Yeah, lady just has to. The armor just has to sit out on a uh, a very precarious catwalk, a gantry, if you will. Yeah, with in you know in classic Star Wars form, no handrails to be seen. <laughs> no, <laughs> <You> <laughs> everything is as dangerous as it can be yeah i mean i guess this is a good place for them to hang out and set up a forge and be very close to space yeah she had her like those red rolling those red rolling uh (laughs) cabinets you always see in people who wrench on cars she had those cool things yeah you're like wow you're you're a professional yep you were waiting for (laughs) i guess you're waiting for this moment right there's not too much Vescar to go around i imagine I mean, you really like the, uh, you know, you like being prepared. Like, you know, like me, I have tons of drawers with twist ties and cables that I'm sure I'll never need, but never know. You I'm never like, know. Who needs a printer cable? Anyone? Any? No one? Okay, well, I have it. Okay, just remember that. I like the, uh, I like the, the, the whole thing about the spear being, it's also made out of Veskar, so it makes the... It makes the, the being a Mandalorian more uh, precarious, and uh, I thought that was a good that was a good enough reasoning for me to to melt it down. Meh. No, you don't like it. <laughs> no, I didn't like. We we use Beskar the Forge armor, but then like I don't know, they got darts that can home in and kill people pretty easily. They yeah, got blow that does and seem most like a weapon. This, yeah, I'm just saying, like, the darts themselves might not be made out of Beskar. And obviously, they're not as rare as she made them out to be. But no, no that was like, if you've anyone out there has seen 
the Star Trek series Voyager, they make a huge deal at the start of that being like, we have 43 or however many photon torpedoes, and once we're out, they're gone. And they ended up like firing like 200 of them on the show at a certain point. They're like, why did we write that? Let's just forget about it. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's our like, how many times can you dump a warp core? Oh, seven. A bunch. And as many yeah. times as you want, you say. But that's not how it works. It well, is now. No. Same thing that's with these works. little sparrow things. They uh, <laughs> they made yeah. such a big deal about how you gotta you gotta just use them once, and then he had them every single time he needed them. Yeah, I mean, I would too. They're like sure the most efficient killers. But I didn't necessarily agree. Be like, yeah, it's a spear. Why wouldn't you all do that? Like, I mean, especially when they're fighting other Mandalorians, I'm sure someone was like. Hey, let me make a giant knife or sword or I don't know, spear, and I'll use it to stab my fellow Mandalorian because I'm a real one while they're they are peace loving, you know, versions of what we are. Or yeah. whatever. It, I mean it's fine. You wanted to get rid of the spear so you didn't have it. That's cool because they I I thought about it later. I was like, why did they get rid of the spear? Oh, I, I now I know why they got rid of the spear. So, he, so it, go ahead. Can't he can't fit in his new ship? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no room for it. That's what, <laughs> the maybe that was that weird like uh, the Homer Simpson. Remember that when Homer designed a car? Oh yeah, and it has yeah. two bubbles on it. <laughs> I was yeah, very no. much like, hey, it's Homer Simpson's car in Star Wars. <laughs> And when I hit the horn, I need, you never have enough horns. Got fucking four horns all over the place. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that was the reason that stuck out at me. Cause it's like, that thing's pretty useful to be honest. Yeah. It, I would have, she could have fit it in there. I mean, you, she couldn't have made it collapsible or like telescoping or, you know, something else. Like. I feel like there are ways to do it, but if you want to be like, no, no, it's just armor only fine. Whatever. Um, I mean, that's really not why he was there. He is there to get that little chain mill coif or whatever he had. <laughs> that thing. And then she gives him, it, she gives it to him in a little bindle. Like, yep, a, yep. A, and then it's in the shape of Grogu. <laughs> it's like, I know what you're doing here and it's very effective. I yeah. am. I am very. I just see this little silhouette. And I'm just like, <laughs> he was like a surrogate father to him. Oh God. Hey man, broke my heart. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I didn't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see that at all. I was like, yeah, he could travel the world. Get him a little rocket pack too. He can fly around. Fly around. And I'd be like, yeah, it's Grogu and the Mando. Just killing everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just vicious. Like, get him, you know, give him the dark saber. He could fly around. <laughs> you know, like Yoda did. Just Terrifying. slicing dudes. I'll take it. Um, but yeah. we really, it was for that reason, for the chainmail koi, for whatever the heck it was. Uh, or, and we got to get a montage. We need to see the Mando getting used to the Darksaber because he just got it in the last... We don't need to take care of that business when the next season of uh, uh, Mandalorian starts. So we gotta tell the audience how he can figure out how to use the thing. Yeah, it's for it's definitely for the audience that 
never watched Rebels. Yep, <laughs> there they go over it again. <laughs> yeah. So f- for those who don't want to watch cartoons, we will have almost the same lines said by the uh, armorer that uh, Kanan said to uh, Sabine, <laughs> right. which I'm sure there's a ton of people thinking, Armorer Sabine! And mm, I don't think so, but maybe. Jeez, uh, that, that sounds, that would be insane. If they, that would be bad. That would be a bad twist. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. It's the, Wait the a spikes. They already cast her, I think. I mean, I don't know what you're well, talking about. <laughs> well, I'm sure they did, but it doesn't matter who's underneath the armor at the meantime. Yeah, that's, that's you, true. You know what I mean? Like, it could be anybody, but it's. I mean, it's not Sabine. No, she's hanging out with Ahsoka. If, I mean, if you watch Rebels, you know why it's not Sabine. But for those who think that, cool, I'll let you keep thinking it. But <laughs> sure. for you know, for the this new audience's edification, it was just to kind of describe why the dark sabers not like our traditional lightsaber, and kind of the the myth associated with it. You know, like it, it weighs more, it does this, you you have to be not at odds with yourself. Um, but also like if it's one on a Tuesday at high noon with the crosswinds of three degrees, you then can rule Mandalore. But if you don't meet those conditions, you can't rule Mandalore. Very specific rules, but Yeah. Uh, rules that are very kind of nebulous a little bit. So it's like you it's like, okay, uh, well, you can rule Mandalore now unless you've taken off your helmet for any reason ever. And, of course, Mando has. So that that, that created, that was a fun, uh, or a funny sequence that kind of seemed like the Mandalorian was getting in trouble from a teacher or something. <laughs> She's like, have you ever removed your helmet? He's like, come on, I mean- have you done it? What is, I mean, how, how much? Can I take it off a little bit? Yeah, I I had a Ronto Burgers, and I had to lift it up because of a real bad burp, and I don't want it trapped in the helmet. And that That's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice knowing that, I mean, you kind of got that again from the cartoons, but... Knowing that, like, factionally, how many variants within the Mandalorians, like, people are in terms of, like, you know, this kind of dogmatic approach that the armorer and, you know, Vizsla has versus, say, like, Bo-Katan and, you know, how she even called out they were fanatics, even though she herself was part of a fanatic group way back in the day, whatever, you know, the things change, but it's kind of see this, you know, these different approaches to it and him being ostracized, but it wasn't that bad. Like all yeah, things considered, really. like I thought they were going to like take off like the mud horn signet, you know, take his pauldrons off, like do, 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 you know, just start tripping him with his armor. They're like, nah, you just got to go bathe in a, yeah. In a fountain on Concordia or something like that. He has to go uh, but, bathe, bathe in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he 
that was a fun little out. He's like, hey, well, how do you cleanse yourself? Well, good news for you. You gotta go into this lake. Bad news? Mm, it's on our home planet that was just bombed to smithereens by the Empire. Uh, and that was, I thought that was a really cool sequence. It was just like Terminator 2 Judgment Day. But yeah. the Star Wars version of Terminator 2, which I loved, I thought it was like, uh, that was a fantastic bit of the episode. Yeah, it was even the fact that like, oh man, they just used droids on that one. No stormtroopers or nothing, just straight droids and bombers. They're like, no, you know, we we can't waste a stormtrooper or whatever. That, is. that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, and uh, the K2SO, that type of uh, droid, is terrifying when it's not the friendly Alan Tudyk kind. I agree. Big old Slenderman coming at you out of the, yeah. the haze. Tall, just shooting, just mercilessly shooting through people, even having that, like, uh, Mandalorian helmet as the, you know, the giant explosion happens in the background, just mm-hmm. kind of in the forefront and stuff. It was it, Visually, it was very... Like you said, very T2, but in, you know, best way possible. Absolutely. It, uh, it, it was really effectively done. And it was a great way, like you said, to catch people up on that history. Whereas if they had just watched Rebels, they would have gotten season, like, you know, episode after episode of awesome Mandalorian backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. And I thought the the whole, like, <laughs> Mando taking off his guns at the spaceport was fantastic. And I think the only thing I would have, that I would have loved even more, because that, uh, the Star Tours robot that was voiced by Paul Rubens in the original Star Tours is getting a lot of work in this, uh, Boba Fett show. He was a casino dealer and he was, uh, checking people's luggage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you gotta work a lot of jobs. Hey, yeah, you gotta get, you gotta do what you gotta do to make it work in, in Star Wars today. But, uh, man, uh, the only thing that would have been better is if the if he got on the stars to Star Tours ship. Yeah, would have been pretty dope to take it to Tatooine. Because I mean, I don't usually, I'm not usually rooting for that kind of like shameless, you know, in, indulgence. But Book of Boba Fett seems like to have no shame about doing. Uh, something like that so i thought if any show was gonna do it it was gonna be this one let's make those weird little boxy cruisers they look like uh shuttles you take at the airport to a new gate except in space let's get those in the cannon proper i now see i thought that starliner i don't know what the hotel's gonna look like in florida Mm mm-hmm but I, I thought that was an advertisement for it. Uh, I don't. Well, it might have. Those might be the thing that take you to the Starliner. But the the Starliner itself is a very. It it looks like a giant um, blockade runner, kind of. It has that kind of. Oh, stuff. okay. Yeah, I I literally have not looked into anything. I think I remember you said to me like, "It'll cost six thousand dollars to stay there two days," <laughs> and I was like. I mean, I'd do it, but I'd have to wait for a lot of people to do that before me. Uh, um, yeah, I gotta work out the kinks. Yeah, but so I was like, "Is this an ad? This is an ad, isn't it? Because yep. why? Why are we doing this? Is this an ad for Space Greyhound? Why are we doing this?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, the man seeing the Mando take off all of his weapons was fun, and uh, and I like the fact that the the droid on the Ringworld slash Halo was. 
like very well functioning and new. And then when he got to Tatooine, the the droid that was receiving him was like garbage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stands for reason. Stands for reason. Yeah, that's a fun little detail. Yeah, I liked um, the fact that he carries a liberator pistol like that little itty bitty like world war one or world war two pistol mm-hmm. that single shot pistol he had he has one i was like nice yeah. you know it's like, <laughs> it just like tucked in his pants somewhere just in case he's like i got one shot and i'm gonna fuck you up with it uh, it's just that, that fun cool. the, there's always that fun sequence when the action hero has to go through a metal detector where you get to see all of his gadgets or all of their gadgets it's a, it's a uh it was good but we're yeah, off yeah. to see uh, Pelimato. Yeah, Amy Sedaris herself. Because that's the Great only person who sells ships. Yeah, uh, obviously. Se- her second appearance in Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She was it very briefly in the background of another episode. Yeah, if you blink, you missed it. If you blink, you missed it. But she's back, and in all of her... I mean, she's a great addition to the the Star Wars canon. I love that she's in the show, and I, I really like her character. I like the fact that she dated a Jawa. <laughs> she could speak Jawaese or whatever it's called. Yeah, she's very. She's like very furry, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The mind races, and where it's going is nowhere good. Yeah, she gets down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got the BD droid from. Uh, Fallen Order. Yeah, right. Uh, that was a nice little. That was fun. I was hoping it would. Uh, I was hoping he'd go hang out with uh, Mando. I was like, give him a BD droid. I don't care. That'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> and then he'd have two cute little droid like things hanging around him. It would just be uh, Mando and the cuties. <laughs> picture, <laughs> picture, next- picture the BD, and then like Grogu is. Riding on top of yes, Beatty. yes, he's oh. a little mount. They put a little yeah. saddle on top Little of Beatty. Beatty. <laughs> wielding the dark saber, just chopping through legs. Oh, I like this head cannon now. Yep. Doing pretty good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, you know, because Beatty's looking for a new uh, Jedi friend after I'm sure that guy from Fallen Order died. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he made it. I mean, if he sh- <laughs> if he shows up. I think I might be a little pissed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that actor is. I mean, he's right in the right age range where he could he could do it. But oh, of course. I mean, you know, obviously fit, young, whatever. But that that timeline, it's a little weird. A little weird, they you know. If he adding, shows. They keep adding so much Jedi. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Maybe the <laughs> emperor wasn't as thorough as he thought. Yeah, he's like Vader. Did he do it? Yes, yes, I've hunted sure. them all. <laughs> now, uh, I'll be on my castle on the planet of my saddest days later. <laughs> this is where I lost everything from the waist down. You would know what I mean. You know, that high ground shit that Obi-Wan never taught me. <laughs> he knew how to play keep away. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, and so this is kind of the, the, I wouldn't say it's the crux of the episode, but I think a big part of it is getting, uh, the Mando his new ship. 
and so we find out that it's an M1 starfighter from the, you know, the Royal Nabubian, uh, or Nabooian. How do you? Nab- no, you said it right. Uh, we all, we, no, we would always call it Nabubian, okay. even though we knew that it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, their Air Force. Uh, the uh, the uh, now this is pod racing ship itself uh, has seen better days, but they're gonna another montage. Here it comes. We're gonna get uh, it rebuilt, but it's got to be Mando style. So that means no color allowed. <laughs> well, very little color. There's like some orange. Yeah, some yellow here. Swa- yeah, it's very minute. It it almost felt like. I, I kind of wish, like, when this started, that they would have played the It's Always Sunny theme song. And it just would have been like, Mando gets his space vet. <laughs> Where he's like, I'm not buying this. And then it goes to black and it's Mando buys this. Yeah. <laughs> Mando Mando, buys. Exactly. <laughs> and then just throw that in there for some reason. Yeah, like, I mean... I'm always for montages and I I'm one of the few things that I loved about the prequels was a lot of the ship design because I liked it going from very kind of artistic, uh, expression to more militaristic generalized use, right? Like just seeing that. So it was really cool. And I, I always liked the Naboo starfighter. So yeah, I, I was, was like, my hot take for the night is that the Naboo Starfighter is the most iconic and best design from the prequels. I I, I will not disagree with you, sir. I, I think the whole actually the the whole Naboo aesthetic I think was really well thought out. The rest of the ships kind of blend together in my mind, and none of them were stand out all that much. Uh, I, I mean, only, I think only once they started adopting, like, their future looks. You know, like the Jedi Starfighter, when the cockpit started to look more and more like a TIE fighter versus, uh, you know, that weird triangle pizza jet that they had. Yeah, the pizza jet. Yeah, that kind of looked like an A-wing a little bit, but, but more pizza jetty. Yeah, not, uh, not very cool. No, um, it was just like they kind of are forgettable for me, but the, the whole, like, the... De- the Naboo cruiser that Amidala has is awesome. And, uh, the M one starfighter is definitely just, it, lo- it yeah. just looks incredible. It looks great. It, I mean, it looks like a different time, but still feels like it fits within the star Wars universe. And that's, what's really cool about this one. Even though it's all stripped down, it just feels like it belongs to the time. Yeah, now. it's beat up. It's missing parts. It's got the part from the uh, trash compactor seat. <laughs> we never yep. get to know what that big old rubbery foam thing is. It's a starfighter part from an M1. Great. Um, but uh, I have to say, I while I love the ship design, and I do like I like all the scenes that uh, where the Mando is using it. I like that it's really fast. That's cool too. I hate that they. That's what Bando's ship is now. Because eh. uh, here's why. Shoot. The Razor Crest was awesome. Yes, yep. it looked like a big VW bus, <laughs> space bus, but it was awesome and it was new. 
It was a brand new design for the series that expanded the universe, and I loved it for that reason. It also was, like, practical for a bounty hunter. It had a ton of space. You could sleep. You could store, like, what, five or six guys in carbonite could be hanging from the, the rafters back I there? I mean, it, it had a whole carbonite processing little facility yeah. underneath it. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, it was this incredible ship. And then what we get to replace it is this very cool-looking throwback. But, again, it, because it's not, it's a throwback, I am not, I'm soon, uh, you know, I like it. I'm not excited about it, though. I wish... I almost hope that it gets blown up in like the first episode of the next well, season that he gets like a, I don't know, not, maybe not another Razor Crest, but you know what? Give me, bring in something from the expanded universe. Let's see the Outrider in there. I Now, oh God, no. <laughs> Lord, no. Don't, no, for me, the, this was my hope was that he would get a skip ray blast boat oh, from the, the west end that would be so cool <laughs> that i would have i would have i would have shit so hard in my bed while watching this <laughs> in just pure excitement i'm like Fuck! <laughs> are you kidding me this skip ray oh why did i eat corn <laughs> yeah like i would have yeah, I would have shit so hard that that would have been it. And I'm I'm still holding out to finally see it in a in like a show or even you know like a movie if they ever get back to making movies. Then I'm 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 still holding out hope because it's one of my favorite like just non Star Wars design ships. But yeah, I mean, look, I think this is Mando's midlife crisis ship. <laughs> This is this is that vintage Porsche always had his eye on. Yeah, you know he had like a bad relationship. He, you know, he got some money in the divorce, but he got to keep the car. You know, he needs a little place to keep the little kid, and that's about it. But you know, he's not very much concerned about safety or whatever because now he can just go fast. Um, I mean, toy wise, it's very toyetic. And if anything, it means like if, uh, you know, Hasbro ever puts one out, they already got the molds for the old ship so they can just dust that off. <laughs> add a little, a add a couple goo guys on it and we got yourself a brand new toy. <laughs> yeah. Give it a little V8 in the front. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> and look, I tell you, That's if they blower. put, that was so I, funny. yeah, you're like, this works in space. Cool. Whatever. Well, might as well. Hey, you know what? I'm glad we got to see it go through Beggar's Canyon, you know, retracking the pod racer scene. Okay, and then, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so they're going through Beggar's Canyon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get people to the, live there. Yep, people live there. That's fine. Uh-huh. They get yeah. to the point where Anakin's uh, Anakin's pod racer crashed through that like warning, uh, uh-huh. like blockade. And still fucking still broken. Broken? How is that possible, man? There was a street sign. I used to live over in the Bayview. Uh-huh. Okay. Not yeah. the greatest, greatest neighborhood. And I lived there for like five, six years. There was a street sign 
that was not on the corner. Well, it was on the corner, but it was on its side <laughs> because it got knocked out. And it stayed that way from when we moved in to when we moved out. And I still don't know if they fixed it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure if someone breaks some damn warning sign to go up some ramp on Tatooine of all places, they don't spend no time fixing that. Do you think that that was the last podcast or pod race that was ever done on that track? They were just like, Let's close her up. It's never getting this good. Plus, everyone died. <laughs> so many people are dead. There's no more yeah, pod probably. racers left. Or no more pod racers who'd want to race here. Right, yeah. They're like, well, look, you don't have any safety railing anymore. And you no know one's fixing yeah, it. Look, like the one bit of safety you did have which was this fence got wrecked yep. <laughs> no rails on the side of the dam you know the incline but you had a gate to kind of keep people out even though nine tenths of the vehicles in this universe float anyway sure yeah. and it's a pretty low fit anyway i'm not getting into it too much but yeah i could see them not fixing it i, I would <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, it just, it's just kind of what this show is. It's yeah. just very much like, oh, let's just keep pushing all these nostalgia buttons for, you know, even things that, you know, we might not necessarily be as enthralled with as others. You know, like, my brother-in-law talks pretty favorably about most of the prequels. Not like, not like they're the greatest. I think he's older enough now to kind of realize, mm -hmm. you know, but like for the most part, like those are vivid to him. So this kind of makes sense to eject a little bit of this, uh, you know, prequelness into it. Sure, you know, and you know how I I've been long tooting the horn that uh, the Phantom Menace is the best of the prequels. So yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. I was definitely like in it. I was like, uh, I immediately recognized the podcast track or podcast pod uh, <laughs> racing track. Now this is podcasting. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and <I> mages. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just great. I was like, whoa, there it is. And I'm like, wait, that thing is still broken. And it immediately is stuck but in my craw. It's all I could think about. Yeah, but look, I'm a, to just go back to his space vet, the or space thing, whatever helps you. I mean, you know, I bought the Razor Crest, and then they blew that thing up like two weeks later, and I still wish he had the Razor Crest too. But this is a metamorphosis for Mando, and his metamorphosis means he needs to go fast. And who knows, maybe this thing is small enough to fit inside of his new ship. Yeah, maybe that'll be it. Maybe this will be his little light fighter and he gets a proper freighter at some point in the future. I mean, it does have like the little the little bubble in back, which I can only imagine Grogu or something adorable is going to, to hang out in at some point. Uh, but it's cool, you know, small universe. We get the this one of the same pilots uh, from... You know, that one episode of The Mandalorian coming back and a little cameo by the guy who played Luke Skywalker's body in the <laughs> in the uh, the end of The Mandalorian. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Oh, it was nice to kind of bring him in to do that. Yeah, and they kind of comb do that his often. hair like Luke a little bit. Definitely was giving yeah. off a little bit of a Luke vibe. Yeah, but, you know, not, not nearly as good. And, you know, he didn't have that no. space NOS button. 
<laughs> which I which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, he's like, "Well, we jumped." He's like, "No, that was a sublight drive. That, that, that was awesome." You know, because I like fast cars, so obviously it, that definitely was appealing to that part of me. But again, I wish it was something new, like you said, or give me something from deep, deep uh, extended universe, like the Skip Ray. Give me something crazy like that, because that thing is like the that thing is wacky. It's like a looks like a fish, and uh, you know, I don't know. It was still still love it, still cool, but I I wish it was not his ship. I mean, I'm still going to buy his new ship though. Yeah, it's yeah, really cool. When, it looks incredible. Yeah. I like. I don't want to, but I, I'm going to buy his new ship though. And it's one of those things where it's like this is you know Doug Chang designed that original ship and he was the you know design supervisor on this i can't imagine he he definitely did this too i'd I'd bet money he took his design and he made this uh new version of it i mean it's great do it right it it, it is a great design i guess if you're gonna bring back anything it'd be it versus you know him getting an x-wing but if he would have got like a z95 Right, owner. I would have been fucking. <laughs> I'd have been like, "All right, now we're talking. Now we're now now we're cooking with gas." Yeah, I would have loved that too. But. Or the Outrider, right? Same level it, of enthusiasm yeah. for Dash Rendar as a ship. Enough. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I'm not. Nah. You know, like, you're, I mean, you're it's right. cool, but I don't need a YT twenty four hundred. Yeah, we're you're, you're right though. Now we have a we have the chance for Dash Render actually existing in this uh, in this universe, and so nah, he blew up. Remember, <laughs> right. he blew up. He's not a. <laughs> hey. Peace out, Dash. Yeah, they're like, oh, Han Solo's coming back. Sorry, Dash. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Yeah, they dashes off a stage lift. Huh? Yeah, you should have got Dashers, Dashers Insurance. Yep. Asshat, get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got and we got a new, uh, and then we finally get sort of the the connection back to the the original show at the end there uh, with Fennec Shand showing up, hopping sort of awkwardly down a couple of boxes, and then uh, saying, "Hey, we need your help." And he's Mando's like, "Great, bye." <laughs> I'll do it for free, though, but on my own terms. Right. I'll do it for free. You haven't told me when you need this help, but I'm already gone. There's just a Mando. You're talking to a Mando-shaped dust cloud. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'll catch you later. (laughs) Where'd he go? And she just turns around and she sees the the M1 just kind of, like, disappearing into the uh, atmosphere. Boom! You know, I'm just fucking doing twisty, <laughs> spirally shit. So he's, he's already gone. <laughs> and uh, I liked that they, the, I thought like the controls for the the Starfighter were pretty cool. Just to go back to the the, the design real quick. Um, were those the ones that Anakin used? They looked it, unfamiliar. They looked more like. Yeah, I mean, he did, you know, he did that whole fucking spinning. Oh, that, right. That works. <laughs> yep, he, right now I remember he slams it over. Yeah, he does all, all that shit. Yeah, no, it looks like it suits him well. Like, yeah. Again, it's not what I want, but it looks really awesome. And, you know, all the practical controls and even him going wizard. Yeah. You know, it was just like, <laughs> it, was thanks. Little, it was a little forced, but it was definitely, it's the coolest that line has ever sounded. Yeah, I mean, we used to, me and my older friends back in the day, we just used to use it ironically. Be like, hey, how's that sandwich from Subway? 
wizards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so wizard. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are feels you sure? Like someone turned, <laughs> feels like someone turned a frog and put that shit in between two slices of bread. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that well, that all that part was cool, and uh, I think his Superman moment. You have like a, a basically a very obvious uh, Richard Donner Superman reference with him flying by the plane, giving the kid a little nod, the little Rodian kid. Kid is yep. adorable. Real fast trip for those Rodians. They just went <laughs> and it went back. I guess. Uh, yeah, they were what? just picking up. I don't know. Was that a grocery store run? Yeah, I don't know why you're like, you know, tattooing has the best outlet. So, you know, like you want to go, you know, we got we got to go pick up some groceries. We got to go, you know, pick up some clothes. It's a lot cheaper on tattooing. I don't know, but that was very quick. We're going to visit your Uncle Greeno. <laughs> oh, my God. If he, we haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> if he comes back. He's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> gift he promised i've been waiting for it my whole young life and then just... smash cut to his grave just as mcclunky on it <laughs> greedo mcclunky <laughs> here lies mcclunky yeah. i think that's what his name was that's the last <laughs> thing i heard and nobody cares <laughs> what he screamed before he got drilled in a booth <laughs> McClunky. But, uh, but, uh, and then, uh, yeah, then we get the, the button on the episode as he's going back. He's got to go see a Jedi about a green boy. Um, and, uh, so the episode wraps up. But, John, I'd love to hear about this theory that you teased at the beginning of our discussion that you have that where. That maybe this episode is uh, is is saying more than is obvious uh, uh, on first viewing. Yeah. So, thank you for reminding me because I would have plum forgotten. I would have been like, "Remember, folks," and I was all ready for it. Um, okay, hold on, John. Before you go any further, do you have any sort of like vocal effect that you've uh, applied to your voice? <laughs> No, it's called phlegm. Okay, because I'm hearing a very weird, almost robotic... Uh, <laughs> Here, hold on. Like, mixed to it. Uh, I can't help that. Hold on. Because... Uh, okay, how's it sound now? Oh, God. <laughs> you sound okay? Perfect. Now we're back to your natural voice. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, here I am. Here I am. Can you hear me? I'm here. What do I sound like? Come on. Listen, Baby Terminator. Uh, this, I'm here. Yes, your episode's coming, buddy. But this is. Why am I not here? Well, we're talking about Star Wars today. It's specifically Book of Boba Fett. And uh, while there is a Terminator referencing scene, I, I'm afraid we're not doing we're not doing Baby Terminator today. You'll have to come back some other time. Ah, I still love you, Stephen. You're yeah. always a delight. You're always a delight. Yeah, wizards. <laughs> you know, I hate wizards, especially when they try to steal your widow's steel. You know, and here I am looking for two snakes pointing towards each other. I'm not baby terminator, baby Conan now. I will crush my enemies, <laughs> take a nap, and see them driven before my booties. Listen. Listen, baby Conan. You're not uh-huh. allowed in this studio, and you know why. 
So, hey, you, you should just hang on a effigy of some sort and bite a vulture's neck like I did. Because I'm baby, I'm so strong. Get You're not strong enough. Yeah, okay, Get baby Terminator back in here. You're, you're banned from the show. Okay, do I still sound tenny now? Uh, it's much better now. Good job. Okay. All right, I'm going to literally edit all of that out. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it all stays in. We'll see if it sounds funny, it'll stay in. If it doesn't, it's coming out. It's going out. But yeah, let's regale us with this theory, John, because I'm dying to hear it. Okay. So, again, this is just a theory, and I normally don't try to see more than what's just in front of me. Maybe some things are telegraphed, but I just kind of go with the flow for the most part. So a lot of the parallels were talking about the mythosaur, what the mythosaur meant, and like... You know, who would be leading their people? Well, the, you know, she had the mythosaur skull and kind of, you know, is in multiple places, whatever. And you can kind of see that being as a religious thing. But, you know, Boba Fett also has the mythosaur as a sigil. I see. And and when you say she, you mean... The armor. Uh, the armor, okay. Right, like, because the mythosaur was also stenciled on... You know some of her equipment but i could see that as kind of like a religious response mm-hmm. and boba fett's not mentioned in any of this so there there's none of that like connective tissues of whether she knows boba fett's alive or whatever but he does brandish the mythosaur right mm-hmm. so, right and then he was also granted a rancor and I'm just kind of thinking, like, you know, like, the leaders of old Mandalore used to ride mythosaurs. Mm-hmm. You know, giant beast and, you know, ruled and whatever. So I'm just kind of seeing this translation of maybe he's got the Rancor to ride because maybe he's going to end up being the one that leads uh, Mandalore. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see how that could be what's being set up. That being said, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if he does, cool. If he doesn't, cool. Like, I don't... Mandalore is just one part of the Star Wars universe that I've always wished would be explored more. It now is. But what happens there and whatever, it, it's not the only place. It's not the only spot. So, like, cool, whoever rules it. But I, I feel like, you know, like, it's it's just not like, hey, you know, I got a rancor and I, I rule Tatooine with a respectful, uh, you know, presence or whatever. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> sure. I feel like maybe he's, you know, like they're really trying to give him his due. But like, shit, he runs the whole damn thing. So uh, that's kind of, it's it's a wackadoo theory, probably not correct, but it just felt like the undercurrents were, here's the Darksaber, here's the story behind the Darksaber, here's the fact that it's cursed, and probably how it's been passed down through lineage is the reason why Mandalore fell, according to the armor. But then there was this whole, you know, kind of, 
back chatter talk about like the mythosaur and all this stuff, like giving us history, giving us exposition again, probably for a lot of the users who wouldn't, you know, or not users. There goes my, your background. Yes. Your true background. background, my, my true background. Yeah. And it feels terrible, you know, <laughs> but you know, like if, you know, the watchers, the plebeians, mm-hmm. Yes, mm. <laughs> but anyway, it gives them a chance to kind of be like, Oh, that's what that thing is. But the fact that that is his signet and you don't see other Mandalorians rocking it just makes me feel like it's a bit of projected, um, like, uh, prophecy. Yeah. A little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. I could see, I could see that being the case. Yeah. And then they just put on his helmet and it comes with a little crown and he's just like, Oh, no. I now rule Mandalore. uh, Listen, I've been going through this whole series. I mean, granted, my motivations were not clear. I'll give you that much. But now, I can rule Mandalore now. Okay, I guess I'll do that then. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to rule Mandalore. Maybe it's a slightly longer game than that. That will be explored more in season three yeah i mean because in order for that to in order for anyone like the armorer to follow him he would have to to beat he would have to beat uh din djarin for the dark saber right he'd have to get that too to rule wouldn't he yeah i think and i think it probably happened yeah he just he's like all right Thanks for helping me kill those catfish people. It's a bit, you're a real stand-up guy. Anyway, I'll suck a bunch of... <laughs> I'm the ruler of Mandalore now. If he knows what that is. Yeah, it just doesn't... That would be... I want Now I kind of want that to happen, because that would be insane. I'm just waiting. Well, I mean, look at the rest of the show. <laughs> That's I'm what saying. I'm saying. It would be great. I'm just... Again, this is just a wild guess, but it felt like it did a lot to further not just the, you know, Din Djarin's story and, you know, kind of help us jump some shit so that way we don't have to spend an episode on this. Yeah. Instead, we can, you know, like, we could just get right into the action, so I'm very (laughs) thankful for that. But it's also furthering kind of like this underlying Mandalorian mythos. And it just seems like Boba Fett fits in more into it than initially thought. Again, this could go nowhere. People feel free to tell me I'm crazy. I'm open to it, but it just seems like there was just a little bit more there to that, to me. That would definitely, I mean, that would definitely in, in hindsight, in retrospect, I would look back on this episode much differently if that turns out to be the case, because there, I think there is, I mean, they're definitely planting the seeds of that mythos. It will be either important in this show later or in The Mandalorian later. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, next episode, you know, more of, uh, you know, C-SPAN or, you know, local tattooing disputes. And then the final episode where everyone's just shooting and stuff. And then they're like, oh, by the way, he rules Mandalore now. That'd be great. Good luck, Mandalorian season three. I don't think it'll go like that, but I think it'll definitely set that up. <laughs> they'll I, do a thing at the end where they'll have this big war against it's him and the Pikes, 
and uh, he comes out victorious. The you know through the uh, the expert help of Dangar, of course, comes swoops in yep, and saves yep. the day last minute. His, his his egg salad sandwich stained. Yeah, he drops an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> On his way there. Oh, my sandwich. That's a big, everyone's got an all oh, my sandwich t-shirt next year. Uh, or, I mean, you know, after that that episode premieres, Dankar fever is uh, is back in full effect. Uh, not to be confused with Danky fever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> the symptoms are similar, though, so watch Very out. Similar, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and then at the end of the... the the, you know, it goes to the the uh, cut to credits. The credits are over, mm-hmm. and then there's an after credit scene. It is just another one of Boba Fett going to the Mandalorian throne and taking it. Like at the end of every season, he just becomes it's just him sitting in a bigger and bigger chair. <laughs> yeah, this one fits my fits me pretty good. <laughs> it's like that really big bombastic score. Oh, find out how he did this one. Every time, every every season is how did Boba get in that chair? How'd you get in the chair, Boba? I just waited until the fat man was left alone. I waited until he was basically defenseless, and then I made his robot rabbit kill itself. <laughs> well, turn itself off. The robot rabbit showed back up in that episode. Oh, right, right. He's back. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Everyone, we don't know. I mean, it could be another robot rabbit. But. Yeah, I'm going to go. It seems like they have very limited help in that whole building. <laughs> I think it's the same one. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's great. I hope that happens. I hope that you just every season is about him getting into a progressively bigger chair until... At the end, he's just he's uh, sitting in the one that Snoke had in the in, <laughs> the one that was projected to be all huge, except it's actually that size, and he's just a little guy. Oh, I'm in a really big chair now. What do you have to say to that? <sighs> okay, great. Now I have hope for the show. Not only will Dengar's return be widely celebrated by the fan base at large, but uh, we'll see Boba in a bigger chair. That, that's what I'm betting on. Yeah, I think it's a good bet. So, any final thoughts about uh, episode five? Bi- episode five. Episode five of Book of Boba Fett. A lot of bees in Book of Boba Fett. It is. Even Bobfa doesn't work. No, really. I've been, been careful. I don't even know really where the A comes from. But <laughs> yeah, well, it needs something. It, it, better than Bob. It's a it's a real kind of like book of Boba Fett. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it smells like feet. <laughs> and yeah, some of these episodes kind of did. Um, this obviously was a great episode for the Mandalorian fan of me. There's a lot of fun to watch not a lot of action but again i'm open to exposition as long as it moves things along and uh sets things up so you know hopefully this one pays dividends again i think bryce dallas howard she she's i loved every episode she's done both for the mandalorian and this one so i'm just kind of hoping that now that it has some a little bit more forward momentum these last two episodes they can maintain that yeah, I hope so as well. I mean, it's sad to say that my favorite, my I just love this episode of Book of Boba Fett, and it was an episode of The Mandalorian that 
I'm assuming they stuck in here for budgetary reasons for the Mandalorian show. They're like, we gotta got it. We have a lot of stuff to get out of the way, and we don't want to spend an ounce of that budget on stuff that isn't going to be a blockbuster episode. But uh, you know, uh, it just goes to show how powerful of a character that Mandalorian is. That he that it just makes it is just makes viewing an episode of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, it's just like I don't know, putting truffles on something. Depending on how you feel about truffles, I like them, but uh, I can understand yeah, if you did. They're good, yeah. You can't be, you can't be too heavy-handed with truffles. No, no, you can't. Uh, you you can't max the funk on that crazy junk, or it <laughs> it will ruin your stuff. You can't max the funk on that crazy junk. I said you can't max the funk. On that crazy jump. That's right, that road. We're junk. listening. The road yeah. less travel. <laughs> um, it'll have songs like that and about truffles for some reason. Um, well, microphones love truffles. That way, that is a uh, that is a well documented fact. Don't look it up. Um, so that is gonna do it for us for another week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pop Saga. And now we're to the best part of the show, everyone's favorite part of the show: acknowledgments. Woo! That's right. First up, as always, we gotta thank Burton M Six for the incredible theme song. Check out the link to his Fiverr page in our show notes if you'd like to support the ongoing production of this podcast. And you would like to do so directly, you can go to our merch shop. You can buy a t-shirt, but don't wash it too often. <laughs> you could buy a cool mug or, I think, mouse pads. There's a lot of stuff on there. Just search around. Get something for your beloved for Valentine's Day. A terrific time of year to buy very specific podcast merchandise. <laughs> um, yes. it's, it's extremely specific. Um, and of course, there is ways to join us in our conversation over on our Twitter at the Pop Saga and over on Instagram at the Pop Saga as well. You can also email us at the Pop Saga at gmail.com and we'll get it. And maybe we'll read it. That's our promise to you. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. As always, to all of us here, to all of you out there, we hope that wherever and however you're listening to this, you are happy and you are feeling healthy. And, of course, we'll see you next week. Remember, folks, it's no bullshito. The Mandalorian is neato. <laughs> I just had to get that sting in one more time, all right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty live. Shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. Heard this right. is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop side. <laughs>